everyone. Welcome to AFP Fundraising Day Toronto's preview podcast. I'm Jennifer Robbins. Now, Fundraising Day is Canada's largest one-day conference for fundraisers, and this year's Fundraising Day is all about idea, inclusion, diversity, equity, and access. And joining me today, which I'm very excited about, is Annette Paul, and she's the Director of Advancement at the Dalalana School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. Annette is a passionate and committed leader who supports public health, health equity, social justice, access, and capacity building mandates. I'm really happy to have her here. We also may have her special, uh, a special guest speaker, her nine-year-old uh, golden retriever, who may be joining us. So fingers crossed. Um, now, I am so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much, Annette, for your time and for speaking with us. Um, we are, uh, I'm really excited to be, to be doing a little bit of a sneak peek about your session. So your session is called Challenging Conversations and Difficult Discussions about EDI and Advancement, which I think is, is really poignant at this time. Can you tell us a little bit more about your session? Thanks so much, Jennifer, and thanks to AFP for inviting me to, to say a little bit about my session in advance. Um, you know, as many of us know, over the last a couple of years, there's been um, a re-energized, renewed focus on EDI in many spaces in our organizations and institutions, and it represents a unique opportunity for institutions and organizations to shift culture, to shift systems and processes, uh, to be much more inclusive, belonging spaces where all members of our community, our society can bring their best selves to work. And so as many of these um, organizations and institutions are putting into place programs and services and, and things of that nature, um, which I think are terrific additions and it's certainly long overdue. Um, I think what's important here is that the conversations about the why uh, carry on um, as we are putting these things into place. And so, um, you know, I think it'll be important for many organizations, leaders, colleagues to talk about the background um, that have, has necessitated some of these long overdue changes. You know, why is it that marginalized communities have uh, been excluded from sort of mainstream environments? And um, how do we harness the power of diversity to ensure that our organizations and institutions are responsive to the broader needs of the community. So I think to that end, what I'm going to be talking a bit about in my session will be keeping those stories alive, hearing from everyone about the why, how it directly affects them, telling the stories about the, the ways in which the small, the large ways in which um, you know, racialized communities, for example, have come into environments and have just seen themselves not represented, seen processes just work against them. Um, what are the specific examples? And, and I think those conversations carrying on in the workplace can also translate to our key stakeholders, such as beneficiaries or alumni or donors in particular, you know, help them understand as much um, and bring them into the conversation about the why so that there is greater understanding. There is um, meaningful change based on the great understanding um, that is sustainable. I think if we make changes without truly understanding why, understanding the history, um, the atrocious history at times, um, understanding the way it plays out in real life, I think the changes will not be sustainable. So that's the gist of my, my session in, uh, in a couple of months. 
That that sounds incredible. I'm really looking forward to it. And I love how you put uh, how you how you phrase, you know, harnessing the power of diversity. I think that's that's a powerful phrase. And I'm really excited to hear, hear your session. Um, next question. So fundraising day this year happens to fall on the second anniversary of George Floyd's murder. There was a lot of movement in the sector when this happened. How else can we disrupt philanthropy? You know, Jennifer, that, that's a really interesting question. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I remain disappointed that it took um, the tragic, um, heinous murder of yet another Black man in order to um, sort of spur change. But, you know, here we are. And I think, you know, it was a catalyst. Uh, and, but I think the, it's long overdue as we know. And so bringing all of that together, I would say that I go back to sort of my initial response to your question. You know, I think there've been some great things being done in organizations and institutions to put in programs and services and to, to sort of frame some history around it, to, to frame some current experiences around it. Again, I think the way that we can disrupt philanthropy is to continue to do those things, to continue to, to enact um, much more responsive programming um, that, that supports all needs and supports uh, all potential. You know, and so that is responsive to beneficiaries, responsive to the great talent in fundraising that's out there. Um, in various places. So, you know, how do we ensure that it's a much more inclusive belonging space for um, people from all backgrounds who want to be fundraising professionals? Um, so there's various ways in which we can do that. How do we um, ensure that um, our priorities in our organizations are aligned with um, sort of greater societal needs? I think there's all these, all these great things that we want to do. But again, I go back to the, the issue of disrupting it is keeping the conversation going. It's really not, it's a journey. We have to keep talking about the why. Um, there's gonna be course corrections along the way that enable us to fully understand whether the programming we're putting in place um, is responsive, is authentic, is actually leading to real change and meaningful impact. So the only way we can do that is keeping the conversations going. It's not a one and done at all. In any, in, in, in. And I think that uh, those of us with lived experiences, though our allies, I think we all do agree that we have been a big part of this journey and it's been really important um, over the last couple of years in particular, and many of us for a lot longer, <clears throat> but so grateful that there's been an openness uh, in our sector and beyond with respect to making some real change. So now how do we keep that real change going and lasting? It's talking about it openly um, and, and ensuring that we are um, creating environments where openness is the only way to go so that we can actually have, um, again, harness the power of diversity for sure, but also um, truly be uh, a society that's making real change for all, not just for some. Wow, that's that's incredible. And it sounds like, uh, I mean, really, it sounds like your session is, is going to really help people have that conversation and continue the conversation and build on all the hard work and, and that has been done um, to date and, and moving forward. That's that's amazing. So with that being said, one final question. What are you most looking forward to at this year's AFP fundraising day in Toronto? It's a great question. I think one of the great 
um, opportunities we have within events such as this um, uh, is that you know you come together with colleagues. I think that's one of the greatest things. There's a lot to learn from other colleagues in actual formal sessions. And I think you take a lot away, you're re-energized by it. You kind of go back to your organization with sort of great new ideas based on what colleagues are, are talking about at sessions and presenters are sharing. Um, and that kind of, you know, sort of collision of ideas is just so fantastic. But it's also reconnecting with colleagues um, and, uh, and meeting new ones. I think that's always a great way to build relationships with others that impact our sector. You know, you might be building partnerships with another organization that you didn't think was possible as a result of it. And I think that is always one of the best parts about, about um, fundraising day. Um, and I would say that because we've had a really sort of challenging and um, uh, interesting last two years in terms of get, getting colleagues together. I think this will be a really incredibly important opportunity for people to reconnect in a real way. I think there'll be great excitement around seeing each other. That's that's a great answer. I was I was actually just going to wrap up and say I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person, Annette, and looking forward for everyone to join us both in person and virtually on uh, AFP Fundraising Day Toronto this year. Thank you so much for your time, and see you all there. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you.